So here we are, the, the final Sunday before we celebrate Christmas. And there's a tradition, and, it, and it's referred to as Advent. And in, in many churches, they'll go through this process, and the idea and the meaning itself is the preparation. So the fourth, the fourth and final week leading up to that, uh, based on the holy uh, calendar I found on the internet... Whatever. It's, it's supposed to be love, right? So I had fully intended initially to talk to you about love. Of course, we've been in 1 John for Ever. a millennia or something. <laughs> and, and so I really feel like the Lord was like, well, we, we didn't say enough about joy. So I will light. Because one thing you'll realize about me is I like, all, I like lights. So why not light some candles for fun? Fire, don't yeah. I don't want Josh knocking all this stuff over. Pretty <laughs> candles. We'll see what happens. He did a good job. Yeah. Side note, just to let you know that we're not perfect. Elliot and them added a new contraption up there, and it had blue and green lights. And about three weeks ago, Josh White and I walked through that door, and they were glowing, and both of us were like a moth towards the lights. <laughs> what did you say, Josh, when you saw it? Shiny. <laughs> and then he said, I want to touch it. <laughs> I want to touch it. So we can't, we can't dismiss the importance of God's love. Uh, our entire ability to love one another, which is the, one of the primary things we've been left with by Jesus as he ascended to authority with the Father, was that we would love one another, that we would carry on the things that he began. And so we, we can't minimize that. So I, I want to mention that. I want to pray, uh, and, and then we'll move on back on to joy, okay? Father, your love is so amazing. It's so unexplainable how you would leave the comfort of heaven, and you would come to earth. And you would do it in a way that we wouldn't, because you didn't come in glory on chariots. You didn't come as a king. You came as a humbled man, a, a simple man, not a rich man or powerful man, but a man that was overlooked and unseen. And, and you suffered every temptation and difficulty that we've suffered. And you were mistreated and wrongly accused and murdered for what you didn't do. And so, in spite of all that, you love us. And so we, we sit and rest in your love, and we ask that your spirit and the love that flows through your spirit that lives in us who believe, that it would be the power and the ability and the knowledge of how to love other people. We pray this in your name. Amen. Okay. I really want to help. And you know, one of the most frustrating things about my job, guys, is, is whether we do topics or we do a book, it's like we talk about something like joy, like last week. And, and trying to get joy is like going to the ocean with a straw, right? And trying to suck it in. Trying to get love. Like all these Advent things we could talk about. I mean, it's not an exaggeration. I think I could probably come up with something to say about it, and God would have something to teach me about it every week for my entire life. And I think we'd barely scratch the surface, right? So God's like, let's talk more about joy. Now, I'm just taking a second drink with the straw, so it's really incomplete. 
And you get really tired of it if I just talked about one of these things for like 100 years, if God would tarry. But, but today, I want to talk about considering joy. So we talked about joy last week. I know that you've slept a lot and lots has happened since then. Um, what do we, give me a highlight. What, what stuck with you last week? Anything. It's for people that were here. If you're just joining us today, this is how we're kind of weird. I, I would love, it's not rhetorical questions. I'd love for you to speak it back to me. Because if I just talk at you and you don't get it, then I guess my family and I are learning a lot and struggling a lot, but the rest of you are just, yeah, sure, right? So help me out. What, what about last week? I'm sorry, what was this? Defiant joy. joy. Yeah. Happiness. Joy is a mindset. Happiness. Anything else? Yeah. Joy comes from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Not dependent on the circumstance. Yeah. You guys really, you really encompass that. And and that's this, what's that? Someone? It's a fruit of the Spirit. So it's God's character. Yep. And you don't manifest it by, I'm trying to be more joyful right now. You don't force that, right? You don't, you can't do that. Uh, so I think what's interesting, what you guys are bringing up is, is a big thing. I think the problem, guys, that I want to say to you first is, is joy, right? Joy is, we got to stop as people who believe in God to say, yes, I'm joyful because I have God, okay? Because joy in its, by its definition, there is an emotion involved. So for you to say, um, I have no hope, no excitement, no peace, right? No harmony inside me, but I'm joyous. That's a straight up lie. You're lying, okay? So the key to joy is not the emotion itself because emotions can be very deceptive and fleeting and all over the place. The key that we are getting to It's a plate in my head or something. Probably. <laughs> um, so the, the key to it is the source of that joy and actually experiencing what the joy is supposed to come to you. Okay, so if the source is God, do you see God doing something worth being joyous about? If you don't, keep looking. Right? Keep praying. So that's some of the stuff we kind of talked on, the defiant joy. That's a great one. I read a couple books that mentioned that. Not my idea, but I loved it because something about that can be defiant in a way. Not to be rebellious, but to say no matter what the circumstance, like I can find the joy that the Lord has for me. So I did some homework myself. So did you guys live, you guys live through the great blizzard of 2021 on Tuesday? <laughs> We will rebuild, don't worry. <laughs> the great blizzard of 2021. Now, oh man, I procrastinated. All this stuff happened. I didn't put up my Christmas lights. Hmm. Remember what I just told you about lights? I'm, I'm dumb when it comes to that. I love the lights, right? Like, ooh, blue lights. <laughs> my wife shakes her head at me whenever I do that. She'll get you again. And my kids have caught... Some of them caught that dysfunction too. So like, yeah, let's get some Christmas lights up. So it's sneaking up, right? But it's the great blizzard coming in of 2021. And Brandy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing my homework. I'm going to be defiant. I don't care about the great blizzard of 2021. I went outside. 
with my beanie and my jacket. And the gale force winds, right? And they were, <laughs> Jack Frost was nipping at me. No, I, I got on the roof, and I think the male lady may call the authorities on me and worry for my well-being. Because I was on the roof, leaning over the roof, in the wind, in the great blizzard of 2021, stapling the lights onto my roof defiantly. Why? Because is the, are the lights holy? No. But you know what? For me, it's joy-producing. It's like this time of year, it's celebrating a lot of the things that I love. You know, I, I've invested my life in family, and, and yeah, family and friends, right? And friends so close you call them family. I've, I'm investing my life, my family, we invest our life in the ministry of the Lord here. And so Christmas is wonderful, right, for me, because it's family, it's celebrating Jesus, so it's like lights and warm smells and it's shiny. And so I'm like, yay, I'm giddy about it. So defiantly, I don't care about the great blizzard of 2021. If I go out off the roof head first, that's a good way to go, Okay. Then someone else could report I did my homework instead of just preaching to you something I didn't do. Sometimes you know joy is there for you. And you just got to be, no, no, Satan, no. No, no fear, right? No, no other people, no the world, no logic and reason sometimes. You just say, no. And you push through. So that's where we started. Something sat wrong with me, and a little bit like so much of that is about us. So I've got to add more to this joy conversation. So yes, joy is, let's go back to find that, just based on the definition. And I know you've heard a thousand sermons in Bible study. If you go on the World Wide Web, there's a thousand different things. But at a core root of the, the imperfect language that we have, joy is defined like this is the emotion invoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Okay, that's, that's the definition. Now, if you want to look at it, put it into other words based on the, what the Scripture is telling us, because the problem with that is, what happens when you're not getting what you're desiring? You don't feel joy, Right? Uh, what happens if you don't feel well? You don't feel joy. What if you aren't experiencing good fortune? You don't feel joy. So it's got to be more than this. So looking at it from kind of a biblical view, well, it's an inner, right? It's this inner contentment, might be a better word, an inner satisfaction. It's like you in the inner dialogue of your life saying, it's well. It might not be happy. It might not be easy. It might not be pleasant. But it's going to be okay. And why is it going to be okay? Because we know that God will use this Experience to accomplish his work in and through our lives. And, and Josh hit that. Brandy and I were having this conversation, you know, so often. 
when we go after something, when we go into something, I think we forget because we've compartmentalized spiritual as being doing spiritual things, right? Like I'm doing these mystical spiritual things when really spiritual is understanding there's more at play than what you see. So is it any wonder when you drove here today, anyone feel like you're playing dodge cars? Every one of you probably know somebody that died or is about to die. This just happens at Christmas. What is it? Like, why is everyone hitting each other with cars and dying and getting sick? And it's like all Christmas. Like half the people I know that died in a car accident was between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Why? Because this is the time where we're trying to focus on joy. And so everything in the world, everything in the power of the world and the enemy is like, no, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. I'm going to kick circumstance at you and then you're going to lose your joy. And so defiantly, defiantly, we have to know that God is working. God is working. And all of it's working towards our good. And once we can get back to that thought, then I can sit with good people that I love that lost someone they loved and said, I know this was right. Right? I know it's okay. Gosh, it sucks and it hurts. But I know defiantly, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to rejoice. Even while I'm crying. See, with joy, sometimes you got to stand against that natural push. We have to be honest about it. There's this natural push of your circumstances. My son and I were talking about this. Man, how come I can't get over that simple thought that all of life is supposed to come to me now? He agreed, right? See? All of life, it feels like we want it now. And when you don't get it, now, you lose all your hope, you lose your heart, you lose your joy. Okay, anyone else? And you know you're not going to get it all now, but you still can't stop wanting that. Right? No one wants to hurt. No one wants relationships to end. No one wants to be sick. No one wants to fail at anything. Like, you don't want any of those things to happen, but sometimes they happen for our altogether and eventual permanent good. So we have to push against. Let's be honest about his brothers and sisters. When we come together, yes, that sucks. Let's push against it because there's that natural push of our circumstance. And so our joy must be stronger than what's pushing against us. Our joy has got to be stronger than everything the world's getting at you. So the worse it is, the more you've got to celebrate. The more you've got to come together. But our tendency is what? When it gets worse, what do we do? Hide. Hide, isolate. Pout. We don't push. And so we're blown over by our circumstance. And this is easy for me to preach and hard for me to live. Get this. Read my lips. I don't got this thing figured out. Not even close. Like I said last week, sometimes I feel like I got some condition. Maybe I would call it joy deficiency disorder. It's like, what is up with me? I mean, everything has a name, right? And a diagnosis. It's probably a pill for that, I'm guessing. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be coffee, but that's not working either, you know? So, so James, half-brother of Jesus, he said this. And isn't this like about, when you're in a bad spot, this is like the worst verse for you, but the, word, the verse you need. This is James chapter 1, verses 2. Depends on your version of the Bible. The first word in chapter or in verse two, I'm sorry, is either count or consider. So count it all joy. 
Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various or when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What I believe in really meditating on this scripture is this, that if I take that in combination with Galatians 5, which you brought up, Jamie, right? Like this is a fruit of the Spirit. So the joy that comes out of you comes from the Spirit that's in you. You got that? The joy that comes out of me comes from the Spirit that's in me. So you take that and then you put it in with James 1, verse 2, and you blend it. Here's what I'm thinking it's saying. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit I'm talking about, given inner joy, is available to us who believe because of Jesus. If you don't have that hope, then your only chance at joy is circumstance or your own personal defiance and self-affirmation, which can only go so far, right? But for those of us who believe, we have access to the, the very thing that produces joy. Well, how do we do that? Oh, man. Well, this is what the Bible's saying. This is what I want to present to you because we've got to chew on this and figure this out. I think we experience this joy by considering or counting. Let's stop there. What's, what, do you, what do you think of those words considering and counting? What does that mean? Consider what's going on. Consider what's going on. Thoughtful. What's that? Thoughtful. Being thoughtful. Uh-huh. The bigger picture. The bigger picture? So Help looking others. at the bigger picture. Help others. Okay. Pondering on it. Pondering on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll get to it. So it's a picture of faith. It's believing that God has it in control even if we can't see it. And then you were beginning to say about an accounting term. Yeah. It's an accounting term. You have to look at the big picture. We have losses, we have gains, but the big picture yes. Yes. It's an accounting term, he said, and he's, he's correct. So you've got to look at the big, you've got to look at the whole picture. You've got to look at the losses and the gains. Uh, when I went to business school, they taught you that. Like every, every, uh, Every positive in a balance sheet, there's a negative to that, right? You have your liabilities and your equity. And then whatever's left is the net gain or loss of something, or your profit, your expenses, and then your gain. So yeah, in accounting, you analyze, you, you think about that, you weigh positives, negatives. Or negative positive. Or yeah, the other way, you could do it that way too. And so what you're doing, what you're counting, what you're considering, all the things you guys are saying, what you're thinking about, what you're discussing is the well-being in every situation. And well-being, I don't know, it's not even a word I use, but like, it's almost like that, it's going to be okay. Right? And, and even in our small human brains, when we've looked at counseling, and when my wife was taking some classes, we're looking at that. 
the advice was you always carry people to its conclusion. I'm so worried I'm going to die, Will. Okay, well, what happens if you die? Well, then I would die. Okay, then what? Well, my family would bury me. Okay, would they still be alive? Yeah, they'd be really sad for a long time. Yeah, would they be okay? Yeah, I guess they would. Oh, right? You take it to the logical conclusion, and that is, that is in a way, right? That's not a spiritual way of doing it, but in a way, you're, you're accounting for the situation. You take it to its logical conclusion. What if I lose my job? Well, then you lose your job. Well, what would you do? Look for another one. Would you eventually find one? Yeah. And then what? I guess I'd be okay. So how we can experience joy is no matter the circumstance is if we're considering or counting our well-being or how we're growing. Does that help so far at all? Okay, we're going to keep going with this, but if we're dancing, I don't want to like take three steps when you're not. Remembering how God is our truth in the past. Yes. It's a very good point. Steve brings up a good point. We can do that in our consideration by remembering and being reminded of how God has brought you through in the past. It's why the scripture is like buried in, in uh, references to what God did in history to give his people confidence in the current moment, right? Like, dude, this God opened the ocean so we could walk by. I'm talking about like, yeah, you don't think he can take care of your problem? Yeah. So check this out. Let me me put it back into perspective here. So John 14, Jesus is telling the disciples, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Who's the helper? Well, you guys read this before. That's good. Okay, the Holy Spirit's the helper, right? I will give you the helper. Uh, Some versions might call it an advocate. Uh, And I think either one works with the original Greek word there. So that he may be with you, what, for a short time? No, forever. One of my favorite authors says, yes, God knew you were going to have problems, and he knew you were going to have so many problems you need counseling, and that your counseling would be so extensive that you couldn't just have an external counselor, but you'd need one that lived with you, in you, always, forever. That's how many problems you have, right? And that's me, for sure. So he's given us this helper, and the helper is the spirit of truth. So here's what I want to bring to you today. One of the things I really want to bring to you is... I think in everything, if we want to access the joy that's there for us, it's got to come from God. But how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do this? Well, tell me one thing, and it's done forever. I don't have the one thing that's going to solve your problem. It's not a pill, right? It's not a magic elixir. Uh, you know, it's not a dietary change. Right? Uh, it's not moving or trying something new. It is process. So what the scripture is telling us, if we try to look at it the best I can, the seed that I'm trying to present to you is the Holy Spirit is my considering or counting buddy. Well, that's not very spiritual. No, but it's real and it's how my little mind works. I'm kind of a 90s kid, so maybe I'd say he's like my considering or counting homie, you know, more my bro, right? So it's like all the considering and counting that you and I are going to need to do to come to that joy, that's the guy we're going to do it with. For anyone who believes, who has the Holy Spirit to live with them, and there's, a, there's a Bible church word for this. It's called walking in the Spirit. Okay, It's called walking in the Spirit. That's why it's not running. 
That's why it's not jumping out of the plane with the Spirit. It's going to come quick. No, it's walking. It's slow. You know, it's sometimes uphill, downhill, both ways in the snow. It's, it's all of those things. And walking in the Spirit, we just want to go to like miraculous gifts and tongues and stuff. But sometimes it's simply considering and counting your circumstance so you can get back to the joy with the Holy Spirit. And that's what he does. That's what he does that's far more important than any miraculous thing. And so you and I, if we want to experience joy, we've got to hold on to this point. You've got accounting and considering, buddy. Because you can't get away from this. Okay, let's, I, we gotta, oh man, don't, Lord, please help me not be rebellious, but I just don't want to be religious like that anymore. I don't want you to just tell me, I have all this joy because Jesus died for me. I really hope you do, but to be joyful, you must believe there's something in your life worthy of, of being joyful about. Okay, the truth is, is there in every one of yours? Amen. Yes. And is that ultimate truth God? Yes. Are you there? Maybe not. Or maybe so. Or maybe so. But there's all these other things, because God himself, right, in, in man form, Jesus said, when I leave, what I did already wasn't wasn't complete, I'm going to come back and complete things. In the meantime, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, everyone who believes, and you're going to help each other. And you're going to keep doing what I did, only what you're going to do is be wider, because there's going to be millions of you doing it, not just me. You're going to be loving each other, considering together, encouraging one another, correcting one another, supporting one another. So you better be joy to be joyful. You better believe there's something worthy of being joyful for. So if you're not joyful today, okay, let's get there. Let's get back to that. But let's get back to it in an honest way. Don't give a stupid religious answer. It's not helping any of us out, especially not you. See, God gives perspective that you have something to be joyful about and positional awareness through the Holy Spirit. For example, let's go back to the beginning, Genesis 2-7. I think this is kind of fun, but also it is... Uh, Really important for us to keep perspective. You know how God created the first man, right? You remember that from Genesis 2? What did he do? Dust, right? Somehow, he made us out of like dirt, but then he knit us together at the same time, right? And then we only became special when his breath came into us. But ultimately, we're still a bunch of bags of dirt or dirt bags, as I like to say. And so if you hang out with me long enough, you're going to be like, wow, that dude is a dirtbag. And I'll be like, yes, I am. But for the glory of God, his image is in me. And so at times, miraculous things happen. But in my line of work, you watch people die. And when you do, they change in the moment. You're like, that's not them anymore. Wow. It's back to dirtbag now. I mean, that's crude to say, but let's just be honest about it. And if we walk together, we end up seeing that. You're like, yeah. I see the earthen vessel or the fact that I am just dust in my human form. And like we create this culture and these skyscrapers and this technology and robots are going to take over the world, right? And I'm going to clone humans. Like, but then get over yourself because we get an illness in the world and then the planes stop flying and everyone's hiding in their house. Right? Like it's so easy to shut us down. Humans, they fall out of airplanes and live and they trip and hit their head and die. Like, we are not in control. We have to humble ourselves to the point that, listen, Lord, I am only special because of you. 
I was just a bag of dirt until you breathed into me. And when you stop breathing in me, I'll go back to the dirt. But the part of me that you've created to live forever will return to you, and that is cool, right? That is cool. Lord, help us to see ourselves with that limitation, but help us also to value ourselves because of you. And Lord, help us to see each other in spite of that limitation, but to celebrate the greatness because the breath of God is in every one of you. Wow, that should just be the sermon, right? If you could just start to, if you could get a glimpse of that, you'd have joy. Wow. I'm sore. Yeah, I know, right? It's going back to dirt slowly. So that's where we started. This is where we end up. Revelation 21, end of verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. It's not going to happen here, guys. The jobs aren't going to do it. The marriage isn't going to do it. Your six-pack abs or your cool hair. It's not going to do it. Your money's not going to do it. Your smarts are not going to do it. Your spirituality is not going to do it. You're not going to read enough books or give enough money or travel enough places to do it. God's going to come. He's going to make you his people. You're going to live in him. He's going to finish what he started, and you won't have to struggle anymore. That's exciting. Why can't I hold on to that, Derek? Yeah, his timing. Verse 4. This is what we need, right? And, and I suspect because of the, the struggle with the season, I mean, you have the loss and the pain that comes. But you got a couple camps. you got the people who have a lot of family at this time of year, and they're like, oh, man, all the dynamics become difficult, right? So that becomes stressful. But then the people who don't have the family around, then they're lonely because they don't have the family. Why? Because we didn't make it to Revelation 21 yet. We're still a mess. Oh, man, I wish I could have some quiet time. And then the people are quiet. It's like, I wish there was some noise. Tall people, I hate being tall. Short people, oh, I wish I was taller. Skinny people, oh, I'm embarrassed. I'm too skinny. Fat people, I'm too fat. <laughs> Dirt bags, every one of us, right? Verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. It's okay to cry and the limitations that you have. Yeah. When Lazarus died, his sisters were mourning and all of them. Jesus didn't say, suck it up. About to raise him from the dead. He had cried with them. Like, okay, it's worth crying about. But know the one that will wipe away your tears. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain or anything. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Gosh, that's something to celebrate Christmas about. Eat some turkey or ham or something, right? And make all things new. He's saving us. He's saving us. That's what we're celebrating. But once again, do it once. No, no, no. It doesn't happen once. He's rescuing us time and time again. His rescue came for me last night. It'll come for me today. He's always, the Spirit is considering with me and correcting me and counseling me. And He uses you guys and my kids and my wife, every friend that I have. He is saving us. He's rescuing us. This is something worth celebrating. I thought this last night. I'm like, what if I'm getting better? Maybe. Seriously, what if, what if you're getting better? Yeah. Everything that happened this year, what if I'm getting better? Because there's a lie that's coming at us in our culture, guys, and I'm in the middle of feeling it, okay? Because I joke about it. I'm like, I don't know when you were the right age. Right? You have this whole buildup of life, of this hope of these things that will happen, and then you wake up one day, and now you're like, oh, that passed. Now you're... Now you've basically lost touch and there's no more hope for you. Good luck. Your body's falling apart. And it's just like you sleep one night and that happens. But what if that's a lie, which it is, because Paul kept saying, even though I'm wasting away on the outside, on the inside, right, I'm becoming new, like, because I'm becoming more like who I'm going to be forever. So what if at the end of the day, it's like, Ellie, what if I'm, what if I'm getting better? Well, that was a hard day. Well, yeah, it was, but what if I'm getting better? Well, that's not very spiritual talk. I know. I'm just a simple dude. I like blinky lights, right? <laughs> what if What if you're getting better? We're going to have to fight for it. Psalm 23. The psalmist wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. And that's what's really happening when we consider it with him. I think he leads us to these things. He begins to show you things to be joyous about. And it might be silly things, not spiritual things, but all good things, the scripture tells us, come down from the Father. So the things you love most are all gifts from him. Even if they didn't happen at church, even if they didn't involve the Bible, it doesn't make them less true. Or him less considerate of your dirtbagness. And so he gives you blinking lights and certain things that are not holy at all, but they just bring joy to your simple mind. Is that okay? But here's what happens. Here's what you're fighting against. Even though I walk. Oh, this is a great Christmas message right here, isn't it? What do you guys talk about? Oh, the, the valley of the shadow of death. Merry Christmas to you. So even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Like this year, man, our world is, is like paralyzed with the fear of death. The fear of mistreatment. Like we're in the shadow at all times of death. 
And that's when I was reading this this week, and when I was reading some things other people were writing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I see it. Because that's why it's hard to have joy, because everything feels like death. What kind of things can we experience death in? Help me out. Relationships. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm in just like this shadow. I feel like these relationships are dying. And because my my view of heaven is like I don't have those anymore, right? Because I think that's part of the problem. You're like, oh, man, I really wanted to be a good parent. But at church, they told me when I go to heaven, we're all going to be God's kids, so I don't get to be a parent anymore. So like this is my one shot, right? Or like, I watched The Notebook, I really want that romance with my wife, it's not happening, or with my husband, this is my one shot, because they're going to be like my naked sister, and I'm not going to like her when we go to heaven. (laughs) Right? But our simple mind can't understand. But we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So if I'm bringing you joy, what's going to come against, what's the opposite of joy? Despair. Despair. Other words, fear. Sadness. Sadness. So what do you think is going to come for you to still the joy? Well, what's going to come against you, not what's going to go with it? The same list. Right? There's the positive, the negative. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I what? I'm going to fear. So he says, no, I'm not. Defiant joy. I'm not going to fear. Right? I'm not going to fear. And so how do you guys walk this out? I mean, because even what I'm beginning to see, right, is like, what's the opposite of love, Brandy? I caught you mid-bite, sorry, or mid-chew on your gum. What was the opposite of love? Hatred, right? So we're talking about that. So we're talking about love and joy. What we're going to get is hatred welling up in us, fear welling up in us, this spirit of death. And so we look at our culture around us, and you're either deathly afraid of dying, or you're hating those who are deathly afraid of dying. And so we're yelling at each other, or we're hiding, and we're doing everything opposite of God, who wants to bring us joy, because in the end, he's going to make it new and right, whether you live 85 years or 18 Days. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, everywhere around me, I mean, my own body's dying, and your trees are dying, and countries come and go, and lots of people today will worship their favorite football team. You know, that'll be their Sunday ritual, but then the quarterback gets old and retires, and they get a trash guy next time, and all their hope is gone, right? And... Right, yeah, unless they're a robot or something, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So all that hope, right? Oh, my hope. I just love being a mom. Oh, dang, you did a good job. Your kids grow. Where's my hope? Right, then they move out. So you understand that there's this death constantly coming for you because all this junk is going to burn, including your dirt bag, okay? It's all going to burn, like, except for the permanent part of you that God has made. And then he goes on to say these other things in that psalm that we're not comfortable with. But your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You, you give me a whooping and I feel good about it. Why? Because we're considering why I should be joyous and I'm becoming more like you. I'm ending the day after a good whooping saying, geez, maybe I'm getting better. Maybe I'm getting better. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life. And my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Right? Boom, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gia, whatever it is you want to say. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. That's something we're celebrating. Right? So here's what I want you to do. Okay. I'm going to have the, the praise team come on up. And we're going to play a couple songs. But before that, we're kind of on this rotation every other week where we're setting up communion to create an opportunity for you guys to come to the table and worship. And so today, uh, what I would ask you to do is a key part, two key parts of this, I think every time that we do this. One, we do it in remembrance of what happened, right? But probably most importantly, it's an opportunity for us to examine ourselves. And since that's a lot about what we're talking about, I would ask you to, to pray before you go take that. And if you're not ready to examine yourself, don't take it. It's okay. But if, you, if there's something that, that maybe you don't even know what the Spirit's like, but it's just kind of welling up in you, that you would go and that you would, you would take that and you would sit there and, and just know this in case it's new to you. Okay? Um, there's some sort of semblance of bread, cracker. It, it represents the body of Christ, which was broken, right, for you and I. Because death had to come to pay for sin so that we can have this tremendous freedom, that we can be excited. And then the juice, it, it represents the blood, which, which actually washes us. So it's almost like when you drink it, it's like cleansing you from the inside out. It's, it symbolizes, not literal blood, it's grape juice, non-GMO, gluten-free, all that stuff probably. Um, but... It cleanses you, like Jesus' blood cleanses you, and it gives you this hope. Okay? Now, to start it, in prayer, I'm going to simply read another psalm over you. But here's what I would challenge you to do. This week, your homework. Consider joy. Consider joy. And I, I don't know where you're at in, in that kind of experience, but, but pray about it. Like, start somewhere if it's simply like, God, help me. Help me count, consider, and see the joy that you put before me. Just, just that, that simple prayer. Secondly, help each other out. If you live with other people, could you help as, the, as they say, spur them on, right? Could you help encourage them? Could you, could you talk about the joy that's counting? If you really want to dig in, that you would just come and be like, Holy Spirit, would you, what well, I'm going to pray for us. Holy Spirit. I pray that you would come. Here's a reflective time where we examine ourselves so that you would come and that you would invite us into this counting and considering joy because, Lord, you know how to do it. You've seen what I haven't seen. You know what's to come, and I can't understand it. 
show me your joy. Show us your joy. Show us your joy. Uh, Lord, I just want to read this over everyone here. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being. Oh, Lord, we need truth desperately. And you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. I don't know if I know what a secret heart is, Lord, but I feel it. I feel it in me. And I pray that you would speak truth down there that gets lower and deeper than every noise and every voice and every insecurity that you would just speak this truth to us. Truth that creates joy. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for my sin, my pride, my fear. Forgive me for giving into hatred and lust and selfishness. Wash me. Make me whiter than snow. Let me hear your joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Give me a fresh start, Lord. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit.